sure that I don't have to, to tell you, especially as we move in, into the holidays, that um, this might look like your plan for the holidays or your plan for your life, but here's your reality, <laughs> right? Your plan and your reality aren't always the same thing. And we live in this tension between uh, what we want to happen and what actually happens. Every life is this way. Every life has mountains and, and valleys, has highs and lows, has calm waters and stormy seas. Every life. We all live in this tension of what we expect or what the world expects or what we want and what actually happens. And sometimes it's just hard. It's hard to live in the tension of, of those two images. It's hard for us to know where it is that we land and where it is that, that we're supposed to be on this journey. It, it's true for our, our lives in terms of uh, our circumstances and events that happens to, uh, happen to us, but it's true also for our spiritual journeys that, that we feel this tension between what we think it's supposed to be and what it actually is. Sometimes that's just really difficult to navigate, right? A friend of mine says to me, feel all the feelings, but land on the truth. Feel all the feelings you want about how things aren't going the way that you want them to go or about how things are different. Feel all those feelings, but land on the truth of who you are. Land on the truth of God's love for you that doesn't change. Feelings are going to change. Circumstances are going to change. The truth of God's love for you will never change. It will always be true. So feel all the feelings, but land on the truth. The truth that no matter where you are in this journey, God sees you. And God hears you no matter what the noise is of the world around you. God hears you. God knows you. And God loves you. No matter where you are, no matter how you feel about where you are. I love this Psalm 139. This is out of the message translation. God, investigate my life. Get all the facts firsthand. I'm an open book to you. Even from a distance, you know what I'm thinking. You know when I leave and when I get back. I'm never out of your sight. You know everything I'm going to say before I start the first sentence. I look behind me and you're there, then up ahead and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. This is too much, too wonderful. I can't take it all in. Is there any place I can go to avoid your spirit, to be out of your sight? If I climb to the sky, you're there. If I go underground, you're there. If I flew on morning's wings to the far western horizon, you'd find me in a minute. You're already there waiting. Then I said to myself, oh, he even sees me in the dark. At night, I'm immersed in the light. It's a fact darkness isn't dark to you. Night and day, darkness and light, they're all the same to you. Oh, yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, your breathtaking. Body and soul, I'm marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. 
You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you, the days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. Your thoughts, how rare, how beautiful. God, I'll never comprehend them. I couldn't even begin to count them any more than I could count the sand of the sea. Oh, let me rise in the morning and live always with you. God sees us, sees you where you are, knows you where you are, knows your thoughts, knows your heart, knows your words. And sometimes we forget that no matter how we feel, no matter where we are, the truth is God is with us and God is loving us. If this is reality for you, where are you today? On this day, are, are you on a, a mountaintop or are you trying to swim out of the, the murky sea? Are you in a really good place today or are you really struggling today? Where are you today? And can you, even for just these moments that we're together, believe that God is right there with you? Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive your word to us today. I pray that you would help us let your word permeate our being and take hold of us and renew us. And I pray that the words in my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be pleasing and acceptable to you, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. From Psalm 68, blessed be the Lord. Day after day, he carries us along. He's our savior, our God. Oh, yes, he's God for us. He's God who saves us. Day after day, not just when we come to worship, not just when we get it all right, wherever we are on the reality of our journey, God carries us day after day for our whole life. Robert Robinson wrote that hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. He was very young when he wrote it. He was 23, 1758. He wrote the words to the, the song that we sang a while ago, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Uh, and Robinson knew this struggle of, of a journey. Robinson had a rough childhood. His father died when he was very young. And uh, there's a couple of different stories about what happened to him. One say that his mom sent him away to go to school to learn how to be a barber so that he could come back and support the family. Others say that he simply stayed home but that he had to find a job pretty immediately in order to help support the family. Uh, either way, whatever the story was, the, the common story is that he ended up in a lot of trouble, actually. He spent most of his youth um, running with the wrong crowd, drinking a lot, being one of the troublemakers in town. Really, his life was on a path of destruction. And he encountered, when he was 17 years old, he encountered George Whitfield preaching the gospel, repent and believe the good news, and uh, the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. George Whitfield was a contemporary and a colleague of John and Charles Wesley, and his preaching changed Robinson's life. It uh, changed it in a way that, that it still took him several years before he made a, a conscious choice to follow God. Sometimes that happens to us, right? We experience God's love in a profound way, or we, we hear that good news, and 
Uh, we, we know that it's what we want, but we're not sure that we're really ready to commit ourselves to it. But he says that for three years, those words that, that Whitfield had preached kind of followed him and haunted him until finally, at age 20, after, after having these words wrestling around with him, in him, he gave his life to Christ. He said yes to allowing God to guide his steps and for Jesus to be his Lord and Savior. And he also entered into ministry. And he spent the rest of his life preaching in different churches and different denominations. He wrote hymns and he uh, wrote some other things. But Robinson was very young when, when that change happened for him. And he began a different kind of journey in his life. And then at 23, wrote that hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, as a, a hymn for Pentecost, for a sermon that he was preaching about the, the coming of the Holy Spirit. We read about it in Acts 2. Jesus has died and has been resurrected and has promised before he died that God was going to send the Holy Spirit. And Pentecost is when we celebrate that, the coming and the presence of the Holy Spirit. That hymn was written for a sermon on Pentecost, a prayer that the Holy Spirit would so flood our hearts with that knowledge of God's streams of mercy, never ceasing, always available to us, always flowing over us, always flowing through us, God's streams of mercy. And, and that prayer was that we would then offer ourselves to be faithful to God and remembering God's faithfulness. Robinson spent a lifetime preaching the gospel and yet he also spent a lifetime in the reality of the world in which we live. It wasn't um, all good for Robinson. Towards the end of the, his life, there's reports that he was unhappy and unstable. Unhappy and unstable. And the story is told about him being on a stagecoach with a woman who was actually singing that hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. And Robinson looked at her and he said, Madam, I am the unhappy man who wrote that hymn many years ago, and I would give a thousand worlds if I had them, if I could feel as I felt then. Feel the feelings, but land on the truth. Feel the feelings, but land on the truth of God's redeeming love. This, this is the reality of our, our journey. We all have experiences that that uh, help us know God's love. And, and sometimes when we have a profound experience of God's love, maybe even a moment of conversion, we would call it, where we offer ourselves, our lives to Christ, um, there continues to be the ups and downs of reality in this fallen world. We continue to, to struggle with that. Sometimes, though, we're not sure that we should. Sometimes we think if we've had a profound experience of God's love and we've said yes to Christ, that, that there should be some kind of magic in the Holy Spirit that prevents us from knowing pain and suffering, that keeps us from uh, knowing grief and loss, that, that keeps us from being disappointed or, or from knowing heartache. Friends, there's no magic. There's no magic. But there's power. There's power in following Christ. There's power in the presence of the Holy Spirit. There's provision in the presence of the Holy Spirit for us no matter where we are on that journey. It's not promised to us that it will be easy or that it will be pain-free. In fact, you can probably make the promise that it won't be. <laughs> but there's power and there's presence and there's provision 
when we land on the truth of God's love for us, no matter how we feel about where we are. Robinson knew, and we know, that life doesn't always unfold the way we want it to. Unexpected things happen to us. Our hearts break. Dreams are crushed. Lives are changed. And sometimes, when those things happen, we get so stuck in in the feeling of wanting. I, I, I want to feel like I did before this happened. Right, Robinson said, I would give a thousand worlds if I had them to feel the feeling I had when I wrote the hymn. Sometimes we get stuck in the, the feelings of the past so much that we miss the experience of the present. Sometimes we're so stuck in feeling sad or angry or bitter or broken that we miss the opportunity to, to know joy and to be made whole and to love in the present. I was 12 when my grandmother died, and she died right after Thanksgiving that year. In fact, our Thanksgiving dinner was interrupted with a phone call uh, saying that we needed to come. We were in Houston. She was in Lubbock, and so we ended dinner, and we packed up, and we drove all night to get to Lubbock and got out there. Just a couple of days after Thanksgiving, she died, and I knew that that Christmas would be different, right? I mean, I just, it, what, it was just going to be different, and it was hard. And uh, what I didn't know was that for a number of years after that, every holiday would be hard, right? It was hard because we so wanted the feeling of what we had had. My whole family longed for what Christmas was like when my grandmother was alive. It took us a number of years to be okay with doing new things on the holidays, with having joy, experiencing joy on the holidays. That it didn't mean we forgot her. It didn't mean we were not missing her. It didn't mean we didn't still feel sadness, but we refused to stay stuck in longing for a feeling in the past so that we could actually be present now with the gifts that God has given to us now. It's interesting to me, I think the holidays kind of heighten our awareness of this difference, right, between expectation and reality. We all have in our mind how things are supposed to happen over the holidays, and we all think that everyone else is doing it that way. But the truth is, they're not. We get caught, though, in in this tension of, of realizing we simply can't live into our expectations or the world's expectations of who we are or what our journey should be. I think it happens within our families and our relationships and our lives, but also in our spiritual journeys where we begin to compare our spiritual journeys with someone else's. And friends, we all have mountains and valleys, but they're not all the same. So, you know, when you look around and you think about the people you think have it all together, Right? And you think this is probably what their spiritual journey looks like. They're climbing mountains. There's some, you know, nice terrain. But look, they're happy. They're joyful. They're doing that with such grace. Right? They're so faithful. We watch other people, and this is kind of what we assume that they're doing. And and then we look at ours. (laughs) And that's kind of how we feel. Right? Well, the truth is, even the people in the top frame 
feel this way. This tension between even in our faith, what we think we should be doing or what we should be feeling that doesn't always match up with how we actually are feeling or what we are doing. We all live in the brokenness of this world. We all struggle with the sin and the disease and, and the, the frustration of life not unfolding the way that we want it to. All of us do. And yet God is faithful to us, to see us and hear us and know us and love us where we are, no matter where it is in that mess. God is with us. Feel the feelings, but land on the truth. Don't confuse how you feel about something with the truth about who you are. Don't confuse your feelings about something with the truth about who you are. As a beloved child of God, land on that truth, no matter what the feelings. Robinson experienced throughout his life periods of struggle. We all do. And Robinson spent a lot of time wishing to feel like he had felt so long ago. Feel the feelings, but land on the truth. Know the truth of God's redeeming love for you. No matter how you feel, no matter where you are. The hymn he wrote, he wrote 260 years ago. We're still singing it. It resonates with us. Come thou fount of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. A, a prayer that our hearts and our spirits would be attuned to God's spirit. Tune to that thanksgiving, tune to that, that source of life, that source of blessing, the streams of mercy. Teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above, that reference to Pentecost, the Holy Spirit. Praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Land on that truth, God's redeeming love. Be fixed on God's redeeming love no matter how you feel about where you are. Here I raise mine Ebenezer. What the heck is an Ebenezer? I mean, other than Scrooge's first name, right? An Ebenezer comes from 1 Samuel. When the Philistines heard, and the Philistines were kind of the arch enemies of Israel. They were um, not welcome. And uh, they caused a lot of trouble for Israel, actually. When the Philistines heard that the people of Israel had gathered at Mitzpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel and when the people of Israel heard of it, they were afraid of the Philistines. The people, said, the people of Israel said to Samuel, Do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God for us, and pray that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. So Samuel took a sucking lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. As Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to attack Israel, but the Lord thundered with a mighty voice that day against the Philistines and threw them into confusion, and they were routed before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mitzpah and pursued the Philistines and struck them down as far as beyond Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mitzpah and Jeshana, and named it Ebenezer, for he said, Thus far the Lord has helped us. Here I raise my Ebenezer, my remembering of God's faithfulness, my remembering that God is my help, 
my remembering that no matter what giants I face, no matter what enemies come after me, no matter what is thrown at me, no matter how afraid I am, God is my help and God is faithful. Here I raise my Ebenezer, my remembering that God is faithful, that God is for us, that God saves us, that God is my help. Wherever you are in, the, in your reality today, can you raise an Ebenezer? Can you identify a time in your life where God has been your help and been faithful? The thing about having, having a stone, a memorial, is that you can go back to it. You, you, can, you can see and you can remember. And you can trust that God, who's been faithful in the past, is faithful today and will be faithful in the future. Here I raise my Ebenezer. Hither by thy help I'm come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. The thing is, when, when we're wandering from God or we're, when we're in sort of that mess of what we think our spiritual life is, God's waiting with open arms, just like Randy was singing about, waiting for us to return, waiting for us to lift up our eyes, waiting for us to see that God is present. Sometimes we tend to think in all of our wandering around that God's waiting to punish us, that as soon as we come home, God's going to put us in time out. Or as soon as we look up, God's going to be wagging a finger at us. That's not true. God's waiting for us to love us, to embrace us, to forgive us, to receive us. Feel all the feelings, but don't get stuck in them. Land on the truth of God's redeeming love, God's good pleasure. Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God. We all do it. We all wonder. We all wonder. That's our human nature. He to rescue me from danger interposed his precious blood. That's why God can welcome us home, because of Christ. God's unwilling for us to stay lost in the wondering. And as soon as we will look up, we see God's embrace for us, God's love for us. For us, oh, to grace, how great a debtor, daily, daily I'm constrained to be. This doesn't just, uh, isn't just applicable on one day a week, friends. Day by day, God carries us. Daily, we're constrained uh, to be indebted to God's grace, God's un, uh, undeserved, unmerited love for us, a gift to us. Let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. No matter where we are, no matter what we feel, we can offer our hearts to God, who is good, who is faithful, who is true. No matter how long it takes for us, God never runs out of patience for us. But do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. God so longs for all of us to lift up our eyes and, and look into that love, into that mercy, to change 
uh, our minds about how we're living, uh, we're all prone to wonder. God, God sets this desire and this purpose for us, and we are all over the place, friends, all of us. We're, we're prone to wander off. And God says, just come back to me. Just offer me your heart. I'll do the rest. God is always infinitely patient with us. No matter how many times we've come back before, no matter how many times we've made promises before, no matter how many times we've messed it up before, God says, it's okay, come back. Feel the feelings, but don't get stuck in them. Land on the truth of God's love for us. We can offer our hearts no matter how we feel. We can offer our hearts even if really we're just a jumble of emotions and circumstances and questions and we just offer our hearts where we are. God knows our reality. God knows. And God is with us. Maybe you struggle today with expectations and reality. What you need to know is that everybody does. Struggles with expectations and reality. And maybe you have all sorts of feelings about where you should be or where you've been or, or, or where you want to be that you're not. And, and maybe you're stuck in, in feelings from the past, feelings uh, from life before the cancer or Feelings of life before the divorce or before the accident or before the addiction or before you lost your job or before your heart was broken and your dream, you realized that your dreams weren't going to be fulfilled or before your child got in trouble. Maybe, maybe you're stuck in, in feelings from the past and God's inviting you to live in the present. It doesn't, it doesn't negate those feelings. It doesn't deny the pain and the suffering, it, it, it's just an invitation to, to choose a different feeling today. To live in the present, which is all we have. Feel all the feelings, but land on the truth that God was with you and is with you now. And that God is embracing you, longing to embrace you. The truth of God's love for you. God's redeeming love, faithful in the past and in the present and in the future. God's power and presence and provision for these circumstances, whatever your circumstances are, for these relationships, whatever your relationships are, for these hopes and dreams, for this moment. Feel all the feelings, but don't get stuck in them. Feel all the feelings but land on the truth, the truth that never changes, of God's redeeming love for you, no matter where you are, no matter how you feel, no matter what your reality. God is with you. God is for you. God carries us every day. Land on that truth, my friends. Let's pray. Lord, we're so grateful that you see us and you hear us and you know us and you love us and that you can hold all of the feelings that we feel. 
Thank you that you understand our desire for things to be a certain way and for our brokenheartedness when they're not. Thank you that you understand the tension in which we live of expectations that are different from our reality. Help us, O oh Lord, to lift up our eyes, to lift up our hearts, to offer ourselves to you no matter where we are, no matter how we feel, and land on the truth of your love for us. Help us to know that truth and receive it, even when it's hard for us to feel it. Help us choose it. And, O oh Lord, as we choose to live in that truth, would you give us the grace to allow others to live in that truth as well? To allow others to live in that same tension that we might know that we're not alone and that you give us to one another to journey through this reality together. Hear our hearts, Lord. Take and seal them for you and for you alone. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.